Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer. For years to come, try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, my next guest is a multi-platinum artist, actor, television personality, and author. His music has amassed more than 3 million sales and earned him a MOBO Award for Best UK Hip-Hop Grime Act. His music reflects in large part on the straitened circumstances he grew up in. Born to a 16-year-old mum, he was raised on an East London council estate and while still just a boy, was abandoned by his mother. Then at 24, he lost his father to suicide. He found clarity and focus through music, going on to help others and become a mental health advocate and patron of the suicide prevention charity Calm, having himself struggled with bouts of anxiety and depression. Now he's seeking to expose the very real impact of the cost of living crisis on people's mental health. Um, welcome, Professor Green. Stephen, if I that may. quite the intro, Ariella. <laughs> Thank you. Well, also you... not a bad driver, which you, can, <laughs> which you can confirm. Do you know what? It's funny you say that because my colleague, Matt Chorley, so Stephen and I um, uh, both appeared in this ITV uh, programme called Drive, which was, as described by the title, all about driving. Um, and Matt Chorley tried to find it this morning, Stephen, because I think he basically wanted to humiliate me um, and, and, and failed entirely to, to discover it. I don't think it's, it's, it's like we've been cancelled. By ITV. It disappeared into obscurity. It seems so, and I thought it was <laughs> gripping television. But maybe we'll go on uh, to talk about that in a moment because that's definitely um, uh, uh, far aside from what we're here to talk about. Um, I thought maybe if we just start with with the present, and you know, they say that what goes around comes around, and I think never is it truer than the sort of cyclical nature of history, um, mm. and obviously what's happening at the moment maybe for the first time to a, a lot of families you know there's more people using food banks and so on but but you know it's something that you've lived through already um yeah. to what extent would you say at the moment the cost of living crisis is impacting on people's mental health for a start i know anxiety is a is yeah. a you know a, a big thing for you i mean first and foremost i guess the instant problem is that fear is paralyzing and what's caused by the cost of living crisis in many or many aspects of it i guess is fear it's the fear of not being able to provide it's the fear of not being able to put food on the table it's the fear of not being able to put the heating on it's the fear of of running out of electricity it's it's you know and 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 and, and fear is paralyzing and some of the research that the British Gas Energy Trust have done, and it's always important to remember that the important thing here is the people behind these numbers, but more than a quarter, 27% of adults in Britain are struggling with their mental health because of the cost of living crisis. But that number jumps to 
amongst 18 to 24 year olds and 52% between 25 and 34 year olds and focusing on the 18 to 24 year olds. So at 18, you're coming out of education, potentially going into higher education and furthering your education or starting your work career with all the ridiculous ideas of what you want to do with the rest of your life and all the silly mistakes you're about to make and the freedom that you should have the luxury of having in order to be able to make them. Um, and with that paralysis, the fear, you know, the, the being frozen and paralyzed by fear that the cost of living crisis is causing and the responsibility that I guess the additional responsibility that is being handed to to kids who are just stepping out into the world on their own. That's an awful, awful, awful thought. And I mean, all these problems have existed, right? So this is nothing that I didn't see growing up, nothing that my nan didn't see growing up, nothing that my great-grandmother who didn't see growing up, and some, she lived through two world wars. But it feels like, as opposed to this being any one thing at any one time, it's everything all at once. Yeah. Um, and it's colossal when things feel like that. I know from my own OCD and anxiety, when I get intrusive thoughts, if I don't talk about them, if I don't write them down, they manifest and they grow and grow and they begin to feel, everything begins to feel colossal and unmanageable. Well, um, I wonder if we could talk <clears throat> a, a bit about your own experience, uh, you know, which I think will make perhaps what we're talking about more tangible for those yeah. lucky enough not to be as badly impacted as an, as an awful lot of people are at the moment. I mean, you know, your introduction pretty much spelt it out, but that is a really tough childhood to live through and get over. Can you describe to me what it felt like as a kid? You're living with your aunt, I think, Pat. My grandmother. Your, my grandmother, yeah, your grandmother, your grandmother. Nanny Pat. Uh, yeah. who, who basically had already brought up her own three kids and, and then yep. took over her daughter's children. And, exactly. And was working, as so many people are today, three or four jobs a yeah. day, starting at 4am, in order to support you. Yeah. I mean, my mum was, you know, she was 16, my dad was 18. My dad was... Uh, you know, he would disappear for a year, sometimes longer at a time. Um, my mum was there consistently, albeit she wasn't my, my parent, guardian. She was always my parent, but not my guardian, but she was there consistently. But my, my grandmother did raise me um, with the help of my great-grandmother, her mother, who she was also supporting at a time in her life when she could have been building a life for herself, having already raised, like you said, her three kids. Um, it was difficult. I, I felt a lot of things as a kid that I didn't understand. And a lot of that came from the stress that existed in the household because of poverty. You know, so many types of poverty, hygiene poverty, data poverty, food po it's poverty, isn't it, is the umbrella. And there's a shame that comes with that. Um, and there's, an also, there's also a lot of isolation in that you don't want to talk about those things. You can't, you know, especially my nan's generation and my great-grandmother's, it literally was, you know, World War II hangover. It was stiff British upper lip. And your problems were yours, no one else's. You kept them to yourself and you got on with it and you dealt with it. And mental health wasn't a phrase that was banded about then, ever. It was just mental. It was used to call someone crazy. Mm. My nan's mental health was definitely impacted, as was mine as a kid living in a house where this stress existed because you feel everything, but you don't have the tools to understand it, let alone to articulate it. Um, Do you think that that's changed much for kids today? I would argue that a lot of kids are still growing up with that sense of, of shame and without, you know, a way of expressing themselves or finding an outlet. Yeah, I look, I've gone into schools, prisons everywhere, but, you know, particular, I guess is relevant is, is schools, especially primary schools, and, and young kids understand, that enough to talk about anyway, um, 
doesn't mean you're, you're able to apply things, I guess. I definitely haven't been at points in my adulthood. Um, but I understand mental health enough to talk about it, and it is something that is discussed. So there is a greater awareness, but awareness is the first step after it. Awareness comes understanding after understanding, hopefully comes change. But I think we're very much still in a period of awareness. And how much does awareness help? Okay, something's wrong and I know it's wrong. I'm aware of that. But I can't pay my gas bill and, you know, a fifth well, of... Well, or mum or can't, can't pay the gas bill yeah. or dad can't pay the gas bill or nan can't pay the gas bill. So there's stress in the household. There's always going to be stress. Like, immediately, I know from having a kid now, right? I have a two-and-a-half-year-old. Congratulations. Thank you. He's amazing. But I know, you know, not everything is perfect um, all the time. Far from it. And I'm in a very privileged position now. Uh, much different to how I grew up and spent still the larger part of my adult life. Mm. But um, it's not, things are not perfect. And when I'm impacted by something in my day, it's really difficult to not let my son see me any differently. I think it's important for him to understand certain things, but you really begin to quite quickly realise how, how hard it must have been, or for me especially, for how hard it must have been for my nan with everything that she was going through to be at all normal. Um, and how did you, I mean, how did you emerge out of that environment in terms of, you know, as you said, it, it clearly had an impact on you. It had an yeah. impact on your uh, mental health, on, on, you know, the degree of anxiety you experienced and so on. And I presume as, as you got older, you know, you, you would have been in a way sort of revolting against it as well. And, you know, how did you come to terms uh, with what you'd experienced as a child and, 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 and learn to turn it into something uh, more positive or at least something that you could share and help others with? I really walked into the mental health advocacy part of what I do quite naively. I wrote a song that you played a snippet of, Read All About It, which was my first and only number one. Um, but it was about my dad's suicide. And I hadn't addressed my own mental health at this point. I just thought I'd dealt with things pretty well in that. When he took his own life, I stopped drinking, I stopped smoking weed. I made all of these choices so as I could feel whatever I had to feel and go through it because I thought the other, you know, the, the outcome of the other, the other way may be worse for me. Um, but I hadn't really, I hadn't really understood it. I hadn't, I, I'd not dealt with things really. Um, but through writing that song, I was interviewed about it time and time again, and it began to make obvious to me something that I'd sort of, I'd not really understood in that the more present things are, the less power they have over you. So I was able to discuss my father's suicide, which will never not be sad. You know, his brothers, two of his brothers, there were three brothers who all took their own lives. Um, my, my namesake, my uncle, before I was born, was my dad's best friend. It'll always be sad, but I don't have to engage with the emotions around that. I don't have to feel sad every time I speak about it because I can talk about it as I'm talking to you now without having to engage with those emotions. And it's not because I'm being inauthentic, it's because I'm familiar with talking about it. Whereas there was a time when I didn't talk about it. So if I ever did or it popped up or something came up or a photo came out of me and my dad somewhere. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'd be in tears immediately. Mm. And that showed me that, you know, it's important to, to, to actually not avoid things, to talk about things and to discuss things. Do you worry? And so I, I began to do that. No, Karen, I mean, I, mean, I, I just wondered if, if you worry about that legacy. I mean, three brothers yeah. who all took their own lives, now there's you and now you have a son. That must be something that, that preys on your mind quite a bit. Yeah, see, that, that's hard to not engage with the emotions. Um, Sorry, Stephen. So I listen. If what I understood, right, is that when my dad took his own life, I wanted to know how. I wanted to know why. And I realised quite quickly that the only way I will ever understand that is if I'm in that same situation, and I, I will not be. Mm. And I can sit here and say that quite confidently. I, I will not be. Um, and these are conversations I'm going to have to have with my son at a point, but not yet. I'm going to try and nurture his childhood and allow him to be a child for as long as is humanly possible. And I suppose it also gives you an enormous degree of empathy with children who are struggling, as we read about every day, uh, with heightened anxiety, with increased mental health issues, and it makes it very tangible. I mean, you've got a child that you're in a, the, yeah. the position where you can feed him and you can, you know, probably make sure he has a good education and, and, and try yeah. and protect him and shield him. But as we've been talking about, there are so many kids out there at the moment. I mean, there's parents skipping meals and hiding it from their children, let alone their friends, because of yeah. oh, shame and so on. And listen, and I know it seems like probably a tear in an o teardrop in an ocean as far as for how many people need support, but genuinely, the people that I've spoken to who have received support from the British Gas Energy Trust by way of the British Gas Post Office pop-ups, it's, it's made a difference and it's enabled people to work their way out of, of existing debt, whether it's been from a grant that's you know, wiped the pre-existing debt or just from advice and income improvement. You know, there's a lot of people who who have benefit eligibility that they just don't and won't know about because it, it, you know, the, the also, services that provide them don't, it's not in their interest to, when they don't have the capacity to simply seek people out. Yeah, and I mean, I presume a lot, situation, of, a lot of people are ashamed to ask as well. I wonder if you think government should be doing more and whether you think government understands the predicament that a lot of people are finding themselves in. I don't, and I think even at a point of change in policy, there's not people who have enough understanding around this, who do enough groundwork, who talk to enough people. You know, it's, it's really shameful. Even in by-elections, you know, politicians wade in, pay lip service, and then they sod off and nothing changes. And that's long been the way, and it, doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what colour the government is, you know. It's just much of a muchness, but things are in a really terrible... It's, a, it, it's, it's, 
you know, more difficult than it has been. And I think, sadly, for a lot of people who never imagined having to, to mediate any sort of, of debt are finding themselves where they're doing the numbers and they're cutting back everything they can to a point where things become relatively joyous just to be able to make sure that they are ticking boxes and, and affording the bare minimum and still looking at negative at the end of it, a negative sum at the end of it. And that is stress. That is paralyzing. That, that is the beginning potentially of something that becomes chronic and, and, and equals depression. And, and yeah, it's scary to ask for help or to even know that, that this help exists. And as someone who has battled with all of those things, but, you know, in many ways come out the other side, I'm sure you still suffer from anxiety and there are still elements of, of, of working class anxiety working class anxiety does not disappear people are always like oh you're well middle class now I'm, I, I would love to be hopefully my son <laughs> hopefully my son will be but yeah, unfortunately want, I will always I will always have the same anxieties that I've, I've grown up with I'm, you, yeah, you want your kids not to worry know. about having money don't you and, it, and it's such a thing that you know people who never not had money take for granted but that terrible fear that it could all disappear yeah, doesn't disappear and really I still feel it now you know it's that being free it's being freelance as well you know one if work slows ever it, I'm just petrified and it doesn't allow for me and this is something that I have to work on right therapy is good for a lot of reasons but I still have a lot to work on because periodically I panic and I understand how paralyzing that is because it makes things difficult for me I can't see the wood for the trees when it happens and things again begin to grow out of grow out of proportion, they begin to, to manifest and grow bigger and bigger. And that's something that I have to contend with. And I right. don't know if that will ever go away, but it's so important to try and stay on top of it, to not have that feed into my child and for him to develop my anxieties. Well, I'm sure that there are people listening for whom what you were saying will chime. And I wonder, just finally, what advice you would give people who feel that state of paralysis. I mean, it can happen in anything. It can happen in a marriage breakdown, can't yeah. it? It can happen in, you know, if you're having problems with your children, it definitely happens when you're in debt and you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. Completely. For me, I think I was really lucky to find music. There's a type of therapy, cognitive behavioural therapy, of which journaling is one cornerstone. And it's just writing down what you think, feel or observe at any given point. And all my favourite artists, musicians, when I was growing up, um, wrote about what they thought, felt or observed. And so when I started writing music at 18, that was how I wrote music and it still is today. And I don't do it as much as I, as I should or probably would like to, because um, I've built a life with a lot of responsibilities. Weird on forms now when it says any, do you have anyone responsible for you? And you have to tick yes. Um, <laughs> but, it, but quite, but quite right, a nice right feeling as well. No? It is completely. A um, grounding feeling. Really, yeah. But my, my advice to anyone, I mean, just, just write things down. If you don't have uh, someone to talk to, uh, immediately or you're not ready to seek out the help which you need i still would encourage you to to in in fact do that um there are many great services for men in particular you have calm campaign against living miserably beyond that you have the samaritans mm. you have minds you have so many charities that are there with um readily available help that is free to access mm. um but write things down get your thoughts and feelings out because at least on a piece of paper they have structure and how you feel tomorrow may not be how you feel today but you'll have the perspective that you need to work that out by by being able to go back and reading what you what you said as opposed to trying to imagine a feeling you had which is not tangible